Thank you for listening to this teaching from the prayer room. For more teachings, notes, downloads, or to subscribe to our podcast, as well as information about who we are and our upcoming events, visit our website at tprdfw.com. So a quick little uh, fun thing that we discovered. So we're, we're uh, Brad and Caitlin and Christy are right now, middle of nowhere, Kirbyville, Texas. Um, if you're drinking the water bottles around here at the prayer room, Andy was just looking at it as he was drinking it, and he's like, look on the little label. It said, bottled in Kirbyville, Texas. So if you are drinking the water from the prayer room, we are connected to them by spirit, and they got us our water. So, um, so there you go. There's a little fun fact of the night. All right, I'm going to open, this, open us up in prayer, and then we're going to get started. Yes, Lord, we love you. God, we thank you that we get together every week worship you, hear your word. God, we just pray that you would move tonight, God, as I speak, that you would anchor our hearts, God, in the what we're doing around here, the 24-7 prayer and worship. God, I pray that the spirit of revelation would come, that our hearts would be moved. God, that you would just recall us into uh, just loving this room and being grateful for this room. In Jesus' name. Amen. So the message for tonight is called the prayer room proper. So uh, this ministry is called the prayer room, but at the center of the prayer room, we have a prayer room. I know it's kind of confusing, but the prayer room, which you're seated in right now, this room, um, besides these two hours on Saturday night, 138 hours every week, we have a prayer room going on right here. And it's It's just I want to invite those of you who are are new to us, and we're up here every week telling you guys, like, this is what we do, join a prayer meeting. Um, It's hard to really catch what we do in the 30 seconds of the announcements. And so I want to give kind of a, it's not a holistic, you know, every verse included, but it's just kind of like a, a vision cast session for what we're doing around here. And then for those of you who are on our staff, who are on our sacred trust already, who are coming around a little bit, um, I believe this is, this is one of those messages that we need to hear just again and again, one that we know, but every time we hear it, it's, it pricks our heart a little bit man, about like, man, I got I to gotta take my prayer meeting seriously. I mean, there's, there's some things that uh, we really do need to hear over and over again, um, like... I know that it's good to brush your teeth and also floss your teeth, but for whatever reason, I've just, that flossing thing has just been so hard. And so every time I go to the dentist, I'm a little ashamed, but, um, you know, they like, are you flossing? And I'm like, no, but I want to now. <laughs> and so I even got some, I got the flosses at home, but I just, I just don't remember. So it's like, it's like, we need to hear over and over again, like flossing is good for you. Like, oh yeah, like I should be doing that. And so this message is prayer is good for you. Let's, let's do that. And so I just really, I, I just, I just want us to be, there's a, uh, the verse isn't in your notes, but the Revelation 2 and 3, there's the, I believe it's the Church of Sardis, gets this um, rebuke of the Lord that just every time I read it, I'm just like fear and trembling. They get rebuked for like having a reputation of doing things, but really on the inside, they were dead. They were poor, wretched, miserable, and blind. They weren't doing the things that they were known for. And so I just have every chance I can get like, I want to be pastoral and be like, we're the prayer room. It's in our name. And so like, we, we want to be good at just a couple things. <laughs> we want to be good at prayer. We want to actually live up to, um, you know, our title, the prayer room. Like we want to carry that as a community. We want to do that well. And I want to, you know, it's one thing to do an assignment, but I really would love for us to enjoy the prayer ministry as we're doing it before the Lord. Like I want us to enjoy the assignment that the Lord has given us. And so we'll talk a little bit tonight about um, just some different aspects of this prayer room, of prayer meetings, how the Lord feels about it, how uh, Satan feels about it, um, our own offering that we get to, to give to the Lord, and then just how impactful this room with no windows really is, because it, sometimes it seems like it's not very impactful, but I promise you, way more impactful than we could ever know. Okay, so point number one, the centerpiece of all that we do, the center, the center point of the prayer room. 
So this, this really is the, the main thing from heaven's perspective that we're going to stand before uh, the Lord and have to give an account for. Did the prayer room do a few things? And this is, this is one of the primary things that we're going we're gonna to answer that before the Lord. Did you guys actually pray? Did you take that mandate and do it? Did you just give lip service? Did you just show up in the room? Like, did you actually reach for me in, in sustaining this, this prayer furnace? Like, we're going to give accounts before the Lord with that. It's our, our main stewardship, not our only one, but our main, uh, one of our main stewardships of what we're going to answer to for the Lord. And then also, I like to think of it as, um, uh, I'm not really into these kind of shows, but if you're into like the detective mystery kind of TV shows, I just have a picture of one of those maps where they're trying to figure out who did the, you know, the, who stole the apples from the grocery store. They're trying to figure out the mystery and they got all these like pictures up there and the threads all connecting and then they all, you know, connect at this one point, like the person who's responsible. Well, that that's the picture that comes to mind when I'm thinking about this, like our prayer room, like everything we do around here, um, our encounter services, our connect nights, our programs, like everything that we do around here, preview uh, trips, everything is connected back to getting more people envisioned to do day and night prayer. Like that's really our burning center, our burning core of what we do around here. And so uh, just right above me, uh, point B, um, uh, is a, right above me there's a couple multi-purpose rooms. And so we're, we're grateful for those things. We'll utilize the, some of those space for games and stuff tonight. Um, this, I mean, this prayer room that we get to steward and gets to get to do, this is really a one function room. I know we have encounter service here, but again, 130 hours, 138 hours of the week, it's a one function room. This room is devoted to the Lord. Um, so point C, a room devoted to God. Um, if you grew up in the city, you've always lived in the city, I'm sorry uh, that this may not strike home to you, but if you're a country folk or you've ever gone out in the country in a night sky and you've looked up, uh, surprise, the stars look a little different in middle of nowhere than they do in DFW, as wonderful as our city is. So if you've ever been out in the country late at night and you look up at the sky on a clear night, it's just like... It's breathtaking. There's like, I didn't know there was that many stars. I thought there was like 12. Little Dipper and then the Orion's Belt thing. But like, there's a lot of stars. And so when you're out there, when you're looking at those stars, like you're, it makes you feel about this big. It makes you feel small, insignificant. You're not thinking about, you know, your problems, your life. When you're looking at the stars, you're, you're kind of like baffled and undone at like, Oh my gosh, what is, what is out there? It produces this awe and this reverence. And so really, that's, that's what we were aiming for in this, this room. Is it's a room where we're, we're meant to come in, um, just like looking at the stars. We're meant to come in here and, and really not think about how this room can minister to me. We're grateful for that. But we're coming into this room. We're, we're getting lost in the, in the stars. We're getting lost in who God is. We're, we're, we're setting our devotion upon, upon God. We're, we're you, you know, getting our eyes off ourselves. This, this prayer room is meant to come through the thresholds of that door and, and direct every visitor, every staff member. It's, it's meant to facilitate directing our attention heavenward. Um, uh, maybe that's part of why there's no windows is because if there's windows, we'd be staring out of the window instead of looking at God. So maybe, maybe that's part of it. But it, it's, it's meant to draw our attention to, to the Lord. So this entire room there, uh, at the bottom of page one, 2 Corinthians 4.18, this entire room is devoted to the invisible God. We come in here and the main purpose is the invisible God. Uh, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen since what is seen is temporary and what is seen is eternal. So again, we're coming in this room, we're thinking, how can I serve God today? How can I minister to the heart of the Lord? Okay, we'll go to top of page two. It's, uh, this is a room that, that must be guarded. Uh, I gave you uh, Exodus 3 there. This is when Moses saw the burning bush. Um, <clears throat> Starting in verse 4, it said, When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. Moses said, Here I am. God said, Do not come any closer. Take off your sandals 
for this is for this place you are standing is holy ground. So Moses had this encounter with God, and moral of the story, the point I'm trying to make is there was Moses was in the presence of God, and he he had to like take off his sandals. There was this awe, this reverence, this humility that was required because this, you know, you know this. I don't know how big big it was, but this, you know. 20 foot circumference is like holy ground and then you know you take one step out and you can have your sandals on but when you enter the the, the circumference you like you're in the presence of God and so it's it's similar for this room like this this room uh, again sometimes we just get so caught up in the mundane that we don't feel it at all but but I promise you this this room is different than even the the threshold right there this room is different. This room is, is meant to be treated with awe, reverence. It's, it's meant to be guarded and protected. It's the reason why um, if, you, if you are in the habit of breaking this policy, just, just avoid eye contact with me. But it's the reason why we're like, we encourage all like talking or any conversations that are longer than 30 seconds. Like, we want you to talk. Just go talk out in the lobby because then you don't have to whisper and you can actually hear each other. But also because the whole purpose of this room is to direct our attention heavenward and we want to treat it with an awe and in reverence. So this, this room is also, it's a, it's a deep well. Now we've, we've been a ministry for 16 years and I'm just thinking of, of just all of the, I mean, it's, it's impossible to know, but all of the faces that have come through here, uh, visitors, those who have been on our our staff, our sacred trust over the years, missionary staff, like just how many different churches are represented, how many different states have people have been through here, uh, missionaries, you know, house of prayer leaders, just how many people have utilized this room and, and encountered God here and left, left their mark, that left their tears, left their prayers. How many, how many people have come to this room just really at a low level you know, uh, distraught, confused, discouraged, and have, have fought battles in here. And like, like that, that's part of the legacy of this room. It's just like so, there's just so much rich history that when we walk through this room, there's 16 years of, of people reaching for the Lord in, in, a, in a prayer meeting. It's just, it's just, when you think about it that way, it just kind of, uh, it's, just, it's just sobering and, and makes you grateful. Um, I don't know why this example just came up, but um, I remember when my wife and I went to uh, Seattle, um, uh, they had this thing called the, the gum wall. I don't know if it has an official name, but it's the most disgusting thing, but also kind of cool if you have ears for it. But it's this wall that literally is called the gum wall. I mean, I don't really need to explain it, but the, the thing is, it's not just one piece of gum someone licked and stuck it on the wall, but there's literally thousands of pieces of pieces of gum on this wall and so you go there and you, it's like mystifying it's like wow that's a lot of gum but you know you take your little your little piece of gum and you look for a spot and try to not touch any pieces and you put it there and then like from that moment on you're forever like we did this like we're forever a part of this cool epic gum wall and these thousands of people that have been there and thought this is disgusting and I'm gonna do it um and so that, that, I guess that's a silly example, but it's like, uh, hopefully the prayer room's a little cooler than a gum wall and that, but it's like, the point being, like everyone who's come in this room, even once, they, they left their mark here and they, they're like, their story, even if they're in here for five minutes and they're just pouring their heart out to the Lord, like that's, that's forever part of the legacy and, and history of this, of this prayer room. Okay, point two, a room, uh, Roman number two, a room that's treasured by heaven. And this is one, if I, if I were to ask you, like, does God like the prayer room? Does God like day and night prayer? Like everyone would, even if we don't really understand it, you'd be like, yeah, God likes prayer. But if we really, like, felt and, like, knew how God thought about this room, I guarantee you, like, every one of us would just be, I mean, we're going to someday. He's going to tell us all sorts of feelings he had about this place. But, like, we would be wrecked if, if God, you know, think of, the, think of your weakest moment that you've been here, the, the set that you, you most wanted to be anywhere else in the world than here. Um, on that day, the Lord was in heaven just rejoicing, so excited that you showed up today, that you, you are fighting for that. And so, like, if we, if we really knew how much he treasured this room, like, we would, I mean, we would be in a, a you know, ball on the ground, weeping, and just, 
if the Lord, if we really felt his heart. Again, it's, it's so easy for us to just get in the mundane or come here and, and just really not appreciate what this place actually is. And it's a place that is, is treasured by heaven. Think of it this way. I gave you Psalm 2 there. There's a dozen, there's a dozen, there's a lot, lots of dozens of verses. This is just one that comes to mind of, of the culture that we're living in right now, and it's going to get worse. So uh, Psalm 2, verse 1, why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? Um, skip down there, and the, the kings of the earth are saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast their cords away from us. So uh, God right now in heaven, he's, he's the loving God. He died on the cross. He wants to be with every single person. And right now, the majority of the earth is hardcore raging against the Lord, casting off restraint, ignoring him. Like every form of vile abomination, like raging against the Lord, calling his ways evil, wicked. And so like, God, God feels all of that. It's not like he, it's not like he just knows that and you know brushes it off. Like that, that really pains his pains his heart. Um, and so, just get yourself in that frame of mind of like how much that pains God. That he wants everyone to none to perish, but everyone to know him. And then the nations are raging, calling his kindness, you know, bondage and you know, uh, restraining. Like that's that's one side. And then. Where we come in is we're little old Pantigo, Texas prayer room. God's got all of the nations raging. And then he's got us who have like set our hearts 20 hours a day to be in this room, rain or shine, good day, bad day, discouraged, encouraged, sick, healthy, COVID, no COVID. Um, set our hearts to be in this room just before the presence of the Lord. And just just picture like how, again, nations raging and then... Uh, like Pentigo, Texas, we're here just saying, Lord, we love you. We're, we're pretty weak. You know, we just got a few fish and a few loaves, but we're offering them to you. Like, just think about how precious that is of, you know, it's almost like God just, you know, this verse I'll read here in a second. He's almost like his eyes are looking and he's kind of like getting stirred up inside. And then he comes, his eyes rest on us and he just takes this pause and this deep breath. He's like, oh, like finally, like someone that just like, not only are they not raging, but they, they really love me. Like, we, we just so move the Lord's heart. Second Chronicles 16 there, at the bottom of page 2. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless toward him. You guys, this is, this is one of God's favorite places on earth, right here. Right here. And other apostles of prayer like that like this. This is one of God's favorite places on earth where he finds a company of people with our eyes directed to him. A few more verses, uh, page, top of page three, Psalm 34, 15, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. His ears are attentive to their cry. Song of Solomon 2, 14, O my dove in the cleft of the rock, in the crannies of the cliff, let me hear, let me see your face, let me hear your voice. For your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. God's just looking. He's looking. He's wanting to see our face. He's wanting to hear our voice. Well, we're given. We're turning our eyes to him. We're singing our songs to him. 20 hours a day, we're doing Song of Solomon 2, 14. We're doing that. 20 hours a day. Point B, a place doing God's will. So uh, I love it when, uh, number one, I love it when my son, my two-year-old, Cohen, he's great. You probably saw him during worship. I love it when he obeys me. It makes me feel really good. Um, honestly, even if he does it with a bad attitude, I'm still like, yes, thank you for listening. But what really moves my heart is excited if I, you know, tell him to do something and he, he does it. He's got a smile. Like he love, lovingly obeys. Like that just like, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like he's two and, you know, the terrible twos and he's like listening. Like that moves my heart. And so like obedience is a real big deal, especially with a glad heart. And so... Like, we are a place that's doing God's will. Uh, a couple different areas. I think of our, you know, 2005, the word Brad had about starting a daily prayer meeting tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. Don't stop until I come back. Like, we're doing that. Like, the word of the Lord that God gave us to do, here we are 16 years later. We've, by the grace of God, we've never missed a prayer meeting. Like, we're, we're doing that. We're faithful. We're obeying the Lord. We're not... We didn't just start something and then deviate because we 
someone dangled a carrot in front of our face and then we like, like we've stayed true to the Lord through numbers increasing, through numbers decreasing, through finances, through roof collapses, through anything else. Like we, we've stayed faithful to the call of the Lord. Um, uh, Psalm 27 verse 8, this is David, but it's, it's kind of really the prayer room too. Um, uh, says, you have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, O Lord, do I seek? That's like what the Lord told us. He's like, seek my face. We're like, okay, let's do it. Here we are, 16 years later, we've done that. So we're obedient to the, to the call of the Lord of this ministry, this house. Well, <clears throat> we're also obedient to the, all the Bible verses about how God wants day and night prayer. So I'll just give you uh, one, First uh, Thessalonians 5, verse 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So God's will for us in Christ Jesus is that we would rejoice always, pray continually, giving thanks that sounds like what we're trying to do around here. <laughs> and so not only have we been faithful, is this room, the prayer room, faithful to the call of the Lord, start a daily prayer meeting, but we're faithful to the call of Scripture. So I just want to, again, like obedience is really pleasing to the Lord, and he treasures his house because he's said over and over and over and again in his word, I want my people to be a people of prayer. I want my people to be people of prayer. Priesthood, 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 minister to me. And like, Someone's doing it. Again, we're not the only ones, but we're, we're doing it here. We're, we're taking God's word and we're doing the things that he said and that's pleasing to him. Well, we're also a room that, that fights the spirit of the age. And so, again, God's got that raging of the nations thing. Here's another uh, verse just about the culture of this day, <clears throat> spirit of this age, uh, 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 and 2. <coughs> says there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. And then it gives a long list of really terrible things. So people will be lovers of themselves. That's the spirit of this age. You boil it down to one statement like they only think about themselves. They don't care about anybody else. That's seen any, like are you living in our culture today? This is it. Um, so we're, we're a room that you come in this room. Again, there's no windows, invisible God, uh, there's just so many, <laughs> this room does not serve the pleasure of man or lovers of himself. This room, you come in here and you're instantly convicted, wrestling through, like, why are you really in this room? Are we in here for the pleasure of God or pleasure of uh, ourselves? Or are we in here for the Lord? And so we're, we're just in this room, we're constantly fighting this, this spirit of the age thing. We're constantly in here, you know, doing the, the next verse, Psalm 139 of, of having the cry of search me, O Lord, you know, that spirit of the age thing that Luke said, like, I don't like that. Like, search me, like, talk to me about that. Get that out of me, root that out of me. Like, those conversations are happening all the time in this room. This is a room that is devoted to resisting the spirit of the age. And then, congratulations, we're American, we're fallen, we're going to all have this. And so that when we come in here and we're singing a song about, you know, give us clean hands and pure hearts, and then, we set a loop on the piano so we can do a quick little prayer of repentance real fast. And then um, uh, don't pretend like you haven't done that. So this is, this is a room that, again, fighting the spirit of the age, like God is like, we're his favorite. Like he, he loves that reach. He loves that we're a community that has like, set our hearts to be clean hand, to be pure hearts, and to not give in to all that stuff that is the world is just high-fiving all around us, like, that's part of the culture of this room. Okay, lingering around his throne. <clears throat> so just a, a thought. We all know Romans or, uh, Revelation 5, um, golden bowls with the prayers of the saints, full of incense around the throne in heaven. Well, uh, this is, I, I don't know how it works this way, but I'll just propose it to you. Like, could it be that there's like, a certain, you know, incense rising before the Lord? Could it be that there's like a certain color or there's a certain aroma or certain like a distinctiveness that when God's on his throne and there's, you know, incense rising and there's this thick cloud of the prayers of the saints and he's like smelling it and stuff and it's ministering to his heart and then he's like, he just catches a scent of that, that prayer room in Pantigo. I don't know what 
fragrance we would be. Maybe submit those later. Uh, but like we have this distinct flavor, this distinct aroma to the Lord that's like just ministers to his heart of like, oh, that's that's those guys in Pantigo, Texas, you know, still doing it. Like they didn't go anywhere. Um, so just a, just a thought that there's, I mean, I like to think that our prayers, you know, it's not like we pray from this room and then the Lord forgets them. So it's like they they get stuck up there in the throne room somewhere, however that works. Our prayers from this room. Okay, uh, moving on. Uh, point F. Uh, he, uh, top of page four. He's honored by uh, building the house of prayer. So again, this... This Roman numeral is God treasures this room. So by, by all the efforts, both in this room reaching for him, all of the administrative craziness that goes on to make 20 hours of prayer uh, uh, operational, like God, every little effort, he's, he's honored, his name is glorified when, when we labor and do that for his name. So I gave you Haggai uh, <clears throat> chapter 1, verse 7 and 8. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down the timber and build my house. That was hard work, by the way, if you caught that. Go cut down a bunch of trees, drag it down, and build it with... Yeah, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of sweating. So do that so that I may take pleasure in it and that I may be honored, says the Lord. So again, this is a just the, you know, the, 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 the preciousness of Jesus is is felt by all of the labors and all of the man hours, the resources poured into this place. He also, not only is he glorified by it, but he takes great pleasure in what we're doing here. Proverbs 15, 8. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayers of the upright is his delight. I just love that word. The prayers of the upright is his delight. And then finally, uh, partnering with his heart for mercy. So part of why this room is, is such a treasure to the Lord, I just love this one. Um, that whole Psalm 2 raging of the nations thing, well, God is looking at that and he's, his ways are higher than ours. You know, if the nations were raging against me, I would want to smite them in a matter of three seconds. Like, you're raging against me? Like, I'll show you who's boss. But the Lord, he's, he's wanting to show mercy. That's primarily, he's looking at the raging of the nations I mean, he'll get to the other stuff in a little bit, but he's, he's looking to show mercy. He wants to show mercy. And so just one of the mysteries of God is that he, he doesn't just do stuff. He decides to do stuff through the partnership of his people. He wants to do it with us. He wants us asking him to show mercy. And so this, this verse in Ezekiel uh, 22 is just, it's just so, so painful. Verse uh, 30 through 31, I looked, up, I looked for, this is the Lord talking. He says, I looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it. AKA, or uh, paraphrasing, God's like, y'all are wicked. I want someone to like stand in the gap so I can show mercy because I really want to show mercy. Then he says, but I found no one. So I will pour my wrath, consume them with my fiery anger. So then he goes full blown, like I didn't find anyone to be mercy to show. I didn't find anyone praying for mercy. So I did my whole, you know, jealous judge thing. And so like now more than ever, again, most wicked generation that's ever lived around us. It's going to get worse. God is still the merciful God wanting to show mercy. And so it's, it's so precious to him that we get, there's a company here crying out for mercy, saying, you know, appealing to his heart. Joel chapter two, like, Lord, you are the, the merciful and gracious God. Like, we rend our hearts, like, show mercy for us, yeah, but for all the lost and wicked people. Like, that's extremely pleasing to the Lord, that he's, he's, he's got this, you know, this, this wavelength of wanting to show mercy, and, and we're meeting him there in, in keeping in step with his heart and asking him to do the things that are in his heart. Like he, he just, he loves that. And so, you know, by the grace of God, we're going to keep doing that. And when the Lord is doing Ezekiel 22 and of our day in our city, looking to show DFW mercy, you know, he's going to find at least one. He's going to find us here and there's going to be a bunch of others too, but he's going to, he's going to look for an intercessor and he's going to find people in this room praying for mercy, asking him to show mercy.
Okay, top of page five. A room of impact. So we talked a little bit about um, how this room impacts God. I wanted to do that one first because, again, that's the whole aim of this room is its ministry to God. Well, um, God is just awesome. And he knows that in his perfect kingdom equation, he knows that if you minister, when you minister to God, it blesses the people ministering, it blesses the city. Like he, he set it up that way for a reason. And so this, this room is also an incredible impact on all of us carrying this fire, all the visitors, all of our, you know, the DFW as a whole. And so point A, this is a place where visitors encounter God. I mean, no, no brainer, but it, it's in there. Um, you know, there's, there's so many, um, you know, not like 20 at a time normally, uh, but there's, there's so many people that come through our doors over the course of a month. And like we hear the reports, you know, maybe they tell one of you in a prayer meeting, but real, pretty rarely do we like get a visitor report and then share that at an encounter server or so, something. So like we hear only a very small percentage of the people that come to this room. Um, but even though that tiny percentage, we hear all the time about people that are just getting, getting encouraged, getting reinvigorated. We get, I mean, I met a lady just the other day, just this week that was like, I've lived in Arlington my whole life and I just drove by and my neck did this thing and I craned and I, I saw that 20 hours and I just decided to stop in. And she was, she was saying like, I can't believe there is a place like this that exists. Like I lead a prayer group and like, I can't believe there's a place that prays 20, like she was like baffled by this 20 hours a day. And like, it's so like we hear stuff like that all the time of this room is a, just a place where visitors like encounter God. And like, I mean, how many people have got saved in this room that we don't know about? How many people have got life callings? How many people were on the last rope, suicidal came in this? I mean, like we don't know, but I guarantee you again, way more than we could think. And if we, you know, had a list of all of them and we read it, we would just be like, oh my gosh, like this room is, is pretty darn impactful. Next piece, uh, this room is a, is a garden center. Um, so plants can grow a lot of places. You know, there's, if you've ever, if you've ever been like walking on the sidewalk and there's like the tiny little crack and there's like a big old plant growing up there, you're like, how did you get there? Or uh, some, I was, my family lives in Montana, and sometimes we're there, and I'm hiking, and it's like mountains are so rocky, and I'm walking, and there's like a tree like st sticking sideways out of the rock. I'm just like, how did, how are you growing there? So plants can grow anywhere, but they grow best when they're in a greenhouse, when it's the perfect, optimal, you know, the incubator type thing. They got fertilizer, sunlight, all the right combination. They're happy plants. Um, that's what this prayer room is for everyone that comes here. This whole principle of, of John 15 there, uh, Jesus says, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit <clears throat> by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And then Second Peter there just kind of says it a different way. It says, or it's praying to, to grow in the grace and the knowledge of God. So we would all say, get saved in Jesus. That's not the end of, like, you got to grow. You get saved. You don't know anything other than, praise God, I'm saved. But you got to grow. You got to mature. And so this, this, like, another way you could say the prayer room is you could say a house of abiding. Like this, we're doing, this is John 15. We're doing, we're doing this. We're giving people this atmosphere where they come in this room, they talk to God, they abide, they bear fruit. And so this, this room is a place where like so many like are, and all of you, you know, like maturing and growing in your walk of the walk uh, uh, of God. And so this is so impacting just that there's again, a room where you come in and you, you like, you're growing, <laughs> you're, you're uh, maturing in your relationship with God. Um, I'm just remembering you know, over the years, just uh, a certain number of faces are coming to mind of, of uh, people who had just, um, they got saved and they just wanted to come and stick their, they, they just like, 
whatever season of life they were in, they just had time to go like hard after Jesus. And they were just in this room for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours a day, just sitting there reading their Bible and like came in, you know, saved, but, you know, a little messy. And then after the course of, you know, devoting themselves to the prayer meeting, like years later, like on fire, mature believer, it's like this, this place, this is a place where people can do that, <laughs> where, where impact is made and people are growing. Well, this room, this room is also, uh, it's inspiring uh, to one another. I mean, it's, in, it's impactful for me so many times. I've come and I'm having a rough day and I come in and I'm struggling and I see, you know, someone up on this piano and they're pouring their heart out, heart out to the Lord. Uh, they're not having a rough day. And I'm just like, praise God. I'm like, there's hope in this world. Like, I'm going to be okay. You know, momentary light. If, okay, I, I got it, Lord. This is not going to be the rest of my life. So like, I need you. You need me. We need each other. And so like, this room makes impact because it's, all you got to do is come here, stick your head in here, no matter what kind of day you're having. And then, you know, odds are you're going to feel a little bit better than when you came in. Um, probably a lot better. And so this is a room where we can feel the vision of running after the Lord. Uh, again, where we just are encouraged and mutually strengthened by each other. Well, this room makes impact. Uh, uh, letter D there, bottom of page five, I wrote um, the unperceived impact. So this is kind of the, I just gave you a few bullet points before this of some of the perceived impact. And then this, this category is the most giant one, which is basically we're making so much more impact than we could ever know. So unperceived impact. Um, you know, uh, Ephesians 6 there, it says, uh, verse 12, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, <clears throat> but against rulers, against the authorities and cosmic powers over this present darkness and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. So this verse is telling us that we are in a spiritual battle. And so, like, just think of how impactful it is, you know, nonstop, day and night, or 20 hours a day in our case. Just like, we're in a spiritual battle. There's, like, we're, we're constantly releasing light and praying all the time. Like, there's this barrage of this battering ram against the forces of the, of the enemy. Like, it's almost like he, DFW, he's trying to take a step forward. And every time he takes a step forward, there's like he gets smacked by, you know, DFW era by the prayer room. And it's like, man, they just keep praying. He's, it's like he's trying to walk. You know, there's a river rushing. He's trying to walk against it. He's like, man, this is hard. That's, that's us praying. We're, we're this, this constant battering ram. Um, against the, the, the enemy. I like to think of it as, um, you know, uh, if you've ever, I've never been, so I've just seen pictures, so I can't really know what I'm talking about. But if you've ever been to the redwood trees, they're kind of big. And so if you think of one of those giant trees as like a stronghold of the enemy um, in, our, in DFW, and so if you get yourself a little pickaxe and you, you're there and you're ambitious and you start wailing at that thing, you know, good luck. <laughs> um, you're going to be given up in no time. Um, but if you got, you know, people on a, a, if you're trying to chop down that redwood tree and you got, you know, a whole bunch of your friends and you got a whole bunch of sweet you know, bottles of sweet tea and you're, you're, you're chopping down that tree, like that's a giant tree. But you, if you stick with it and you guys are on a rotation, that tree's coming down eventually, right? Okay. I mean, there might be better methods, but that tree is coming down eventually with a little axe. And so that's, like, that's, that's, I think that's an apt picture of the strongholds in DFW. There's, there's a lot of things that, I mean, obviously we have power in Jesus' name, but there's, there's a lot of, like, corporate, you know, I don't mean to get into demonology and all that stuff, but there's, there's strongholds, really powerful demons over the city that we can't take on by ourselves. We're, we're like that, that redwood tree with the ax. But if we get a bunch of believers together, if only we had a, a prayer room that would just keep asking God all the time, you know, push back darkness. That's us with the army of axes. We're chopping that tree down. And so like, again, like just the constant the constant barrage of Jesus, we love you, Jesus, send revival, Jesus, tear down darkness. Like that's happening 20 hours a day from this room. Like redwoods are chopping, we're chopping those redwoods down. They're, they're gonna be coming down eventually in our city. And again, we're not the only one in our city praying. Um, but but now, and, now and again, we get glimpses of those redwoods falling down. Like um, some of you heard the testimony a few 
gosh, probably a year ago now, that on one of our human trafficking sets um, got a download in the middle of the prayer meeting to pray specifically for like the police and this a sting operation and the Lord to anoint that. And then like, I, if, if you know the story, I'm probably going to watch details, but like newspaper headlines a few, like shortly after that, like big major sting operation bust this human trafficking ring, like so many, so many, um, like exactly what we were praying for. That was a redwood tree that just, and so like, like that's like the impact we're making from this room. You, you know, every time you come in this room and you're over here, normally this is on the ground. Over here, you're coming up and praying during revival prayer. Every prayer you pray, it's like the ax. And you're just, you know, there's already a big divot on the tree from all those who have gone before you. And you're just, you're just chopping away. Like that thing's going to come down eventually. Um, <clears throat> Matthew 7 there is, this is the axe chopping prayer. It's ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be, the door will be open to you. Chop the redwood tree and it will be chopped down for you. That's in there somewhere. <laughs> Okay, um, our offering of love. This is, so now we're moving from impact um, on our hearts and we're, we're, we're talking about just the, this room and again specifically the prayer room proper, this 20 hours a day prayer room. This is our offering of love to Jesus. There's lots of ways that you, lots of ministries uh, have different ways they offer love, like feeding the homeless, discipleship, um, ministering to addicts. Like there's so many different ways of, sh of ministry callings and ways that people together with their corporate assignment minister to God. Sustaining a 20 hour a day prayer room and going to be 24 seven. Um, this is our, this is our offering of love to Jesus. So first Peter there, uh, two nine, um, <clears throat> talking about just the new Testament priesthood, says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people, that's corporate, so it doesn't just say your name, it says a people for his own possession. Now you may proclaim the excellencies of him who calls you out of darkness into his marvelous light. <clears throat> so this is a room where we get to do that, where we get to we get to, I just love that phrase. I want to encourage you to steal that, that phrase, proclaim his excellencies. Just if you're ever having a hard day, like what am I doing in this prayer room? Just you're, you're doing that. You're proclaiming his excellencies in this room as you sing, as you talk to the Lord, as you say, help Jesus, I'm a mess. That's proclaiming his excellencies. So um, a, place, a place to express radical devotion. Um, again, this is... Um, Part of our offering of love for Jesus is this, this community, this, this prayer room is a place where people can be radical, can go after the Lord. Um, I remember when I was, gosh, I was probably, probably 19, um, 19 or 20. I grew up in a church. I, I, just, I just remember like the phrase, like I heard people say like, you know, go deep in God. And I was like, I never had anyone like explain it to me. So I was just like really confused and like, what does that mean? Like, go deep in God. Like, you keep telling me, but like, someone just for the love of all good things, like, tell me what that means. And so I was just, I was in the season at 19 of searching for what does it mean to go deep in God? And then that's when I, uh, long story short, I ended up finding um, um, IHOPKC, the web stream. I was in my, my dorm room at Evangel and uh, a University and I just turned on the web stream. I saw a uh, you know, banner for 24-7 prayer. I clicked it. Never heard of that before. And I just saw this like a glimpse into their prayer room. And I was in my dorm room. And the, the presence of God just like came down upon me. Just, just like the weighty presence of the Lord. I started, I started crying. And I, I just knew in a moment that like my ache as a 19-year-old, like my ache for like going radical after Jesus, going hard after him, going deep, all that question, I was like, I just knew in a moment that like, whatever these people in Kansas City, who's heard of Kansas City? All these people in Kansas City, whatever they're doing, the prayer thing, like, I'm like, that's, that's it. Like, that's where I can go and be radical for Jesus. And so like, we're one of those places where someone, you know, has a, a again, a stirring of the Lord. There's someone in our city, they get, they get saved. They get just the Lord stirring afresh in their heart. And they're like, where can I go to be radical? And they Google, you know, where to find God, DFW. A lot of them come here. Um, and so like, this is a place, an expression where, where people can be radical. People can, again, again, stay, um, 
hours and hours a day here they want. They can be here the entire, they can have a full-time job in the, in the house of prayer if they want. Like they can, they can be here as much as they want. There's no limit to how you know, radical someone can be going after Jesus in this room. And so like we provide a context for people to be radical um, for the Lord. Um, next piece, our offering of love for Jesus, it's, it's um, offering, help, offering him a love that trumps emotion and circumstances. So it's just, it's part of our gift that we get to give Jesus is if we're committed to daily prayer meetings, 20 hours a day, life happens. So all of you and me, we're all going to have terrible, hard days. It's coming to a life near you if it's not here already. And so, okay, so then you're like, okay, I'm committed to prayer meetings. Life's going to get hard sometime. Does that mean I got to like counter, like reach for God when life is hard? Yes. And so part of our offering for Jesus is we get to keep, just keep coming to him when life is sunshine and rainbows, when it's cloudy, when it's, everything is falling apart. I mean, every circumstance that you go through, like we get to just sign up again in, in this room and we get to offer, um, we get to offer just a, a faithfulness that goes beyond, God, I will worship you when you bless me and everything's going good. Like this community, this prayer room gets to offer God, um, God, I worship you when 10 of our worship leaders in our ministry have uh, tendonitis and carpal tunnel and like everything's falling apart. We're losing people. We're losing money. Like, God, we get to still offer our offering of love to you when I don't even want to be here, but I know this is, this room is not for me. This room is for you. And so Brad told me that once. And so I'm going to just be here and just like, we get to offer that love, that love to the Lord. And that's just so, I'm just so grateful that, um, you know, part of this, uh, part of this room as we come before a holy God and we're confronted again and again with how weak, how not passionate, how broken, messed up, everything we are. And we get to like keep doing 24, 20 hours a day. We get to keep doing that even as we come to that wall of our own weakness. We get to offer the Lord just that precious gift that goes beyond I'm feeling good today. Um, so flip over to top of page seven, um, Psalm 31. This, is, uh, this was David's bad day, a psalm of David, when he pretended to be insane before Abimelech, <clears throat> who drove him away and he departed. David says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. So um, just a little context, David in this psalm, he was on the run from Saul. He was in the enemy camp. He was not following the will of God. He was all sorts of things. He was pretending to be <laughs> insane, like... Not, his heart was really messed up in that point of his life. And he's, just in that verse, he's like, I will bless the Lord at all times. Like, I am, life is really throwing me a test right now, but I'm going to, like, I'm going to keep blessing the Lord through pretending to be insane. And, and so all I have to say, like, that's just an example of, of what, I'm, what I'm trying to get at with praising the Lord through good days, praising the Lord through hard days. Okay, um, and then finally, expressing our love for our city. Um, like we, we are a, we, we, you know, Andy just said it before, we're not a local church, we're a parachurch. Please give your money. Like we have such a deep love for the body of Christ and part of our offering of love that we get to offer 20 hours a day is, is for God and then it's, it's for the city. It's like we love DFW. We love the, all the churches represented. And so we're going to pray for our churches. We're going to pray for our pastors. We're going to pray, Lord, soften the soil of DFW so when the pastor in the local church speaks, it like impacts people's hearts. Lord, touch the youth groups. Touch the next generation. Like we have a, a heart for our city. And so we're making impact and we're offering love in them uh, for them in that way and covering them with our prayers and then also just giving them an environment where anybody from any church, you know, like they can come any time of the day pretty much and use this room as a blessing to them. And so all of that is our community, our prayer, and we love the local body of Christ and we get to give them this as our offering of love. Okay, an attacked room. Moving on to the next next point. Um, so, um, 
this room, God really loves this room, and Satan really hates this room. If you just boil my message down to, maybe it's, maybe it's that. So Satan, the number one thing he hates is God, and so a room devoted to God, you know, put, put two and two together. That may explain why we go through a lot of difficulties, because Satan really hates the house of prayer. Um, and so he, Satan is really, 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 really smart, which is a bummer for all of us. But he, he loves to release all his arsenal of tools to attack, to keep us out of this room, and then to keep us in this room, but distracted and distant and far from God. So he's, he's really good, especially at that second one. Um, for a community who's been around 16 years, he's really good at keeping us in this room, but distant from God. That one's pr- probably more painful than the first one. Um. <clears throat> So uh, we'll, go, uh, we'll go to point uh, C, top of page eight. One of his strategies is he, I just love this phrase from 2 Corinthians 11, uh, just the last sentence there, it says, the enemy's trying to steal a simple or sincere and pure devotion to Christ. That's, he's just trying to take away that simple, childlike, just sincere faith to Christ. And so... Um, the enemy, he's just trying to steal the sacredness with all of our hearts, all of you who are on prayer meetings who are doing this. He, he doesn't give up when you sign up for sacred trust. That's, that's actually when he ramps up the attack. He's like, you want to commit to prayer meetings? Okay, now you got an extra special X on your chest um, <clears throat> to target. And so he succeeds if we're in this room, but we're, again, we're distant from God because we're distracted, we're bored, we have a lackadaisical attitude, and we're just not reaching for God in this room. Like, that's, that's Satan having a field day. Um, and so, again, he's really, really good at that one. That one. That's part of why we need each other, to be like, bro, like, come on, let's reach for God today. And then you tomorrow, just tell me the same thing, because I'm having, I'm, I know tomorrow that's going to be me. Um, well, another one um, is he, he loves to, Satan loves to uh, use, this one is really tough. He loves to use familiar relationships to, um, to, try to steal the vision. Um, I remember years ago, I had a um, really close uh, friend of mine who's a, a, now a pastor. I was just meeting with him. I was like, all excited to meet him and share, you know, like, what am I, what am I doing? And house of prayer. And I, I meet there and he, the most of the meeting, this, this guy, this pastor, pastor, is mostly talking about, he's saying it sweetly, but he's mostly talking about the world is a mess. Like, why are you guys sitting in a prayer room? Like, go and do something. Like, go, go do something. Go serve the poor. Go, what are you, like, go, we need to go and do something. And he essentially said that again nicely, but it was a long time. And he, he's like, you know, you need to like, I appreciate prayer, but like, you, you, like we need to go and do something. And so I'm, I'm just there like feeling the ache and the pinch of like someone I love. And I know that, I know this is one of the moments where the enemy is just trying to like hook me into like, the mindset of like, oh yeah, prayer is really not doing anything. Like I am lazy. I am, you know, I don't care for people. Like I'm sitting in a room. Like the enemy was trying to attack me through, again, someone I love through their, through their voice, trying to keep me, to get me out of the center of the stream, to, to deter me from the assignment that the Lord has given. And so again, that one, family members who you're here and they love you, but they have no clue what you're doing. Um, like Satan, loves to use them to try to get you to like, I don't know, it's just, I just, I hate that one, but that's real. So just be on guard with that one. Like, just follow the call of the Lord on, on this, on, on your life. Well, um, another one of Satan's tactics is he, he loves to create distance through condemnation, point D. Um, so just to summarize Zechariah 3 there, um, Josiah or uh, Joshua, the high priest, he's he's standing before uh, the Lord in in filthy garments, which he's like he's stained with sin. And Satan's accusing him before God, saying, saying like, "See, he's sinful. He's the high priest. He's supposed to be the leader, and he's like broken and messed up. Like, see, God, like, and God in the in the in this passage, he he says, "Yes, he is messed up, but I am going to take away his filthy garments. I'm going to give him a fresh turban. I'm going to clothe him with garments of white." And so, a lot of times, again. We feel our own weakness, our sin, our depravity, and 
Satan just tries to poke a, you know, a wound, poke us and get us all consumed with, I'm broken. Like, I'm not worthy to be in this room. I'm not worthy to play up here because I, I had a fight with my wife on the way here. And I like, I'm not worthy to play piano and sing. Like, that Satan loves to utilize that one. And we need to lean into Zechariah 4. Or if you need the, the, the phrase really super concise, it's Song of Solomon 1 right there. It says, yeah, I'm dark. I'm messed up. I'm broken. But God says I'm lovely. Like, take that, devil. Like, end of the story. Boom. Done. Boom roasted. Um, <laughs> and so just like, again, that one is, is huge. You're going to experience that. You're going to hit a wall eventually if you haven't of how broken, again, broken, not passionate, apathetic, you are about... We are about all things about God. Well, that when we run into that wall, then we lean into this, this. We don't listen to the accusation of the enemy. We listen to the voice of the Lord. I am dark, but I'm lovely to the Lord. He knows that I'm broken. All right, and then um, we'll just hit this last point, and then we'll, we'll go into our little wrap-up time. The last one of Satan's tactics is he, he just loves to... to slowly, you know, get us to ease off the gas, gas pedal. He, he knows life is busy, and he's just really, again, really, really good at um, just getting us to, to stop running so hard after the Lord, to, to have being part of a prayer meeting, just keep falling down the list of priorities because life gets busy because we get, you know, a new job that's awesome because we get a new relationship because, like, we're so good at, like, putting everything above the prayer meetings and and. Satan's like, yeah, yeah, keep doing that. And so, like, this is, this is just another one of his tactics of just over time just devaluing prayer meetings so that eventually we just get, life gets too busy and crowds it out, and then we have no time for it. Um, <clears throat> and so he's really good at that. So we just got to gotta fight that one as well. So just with, with all, me, all me sharing the attacks of the enemy stuff, it's like there's, there's verses about the, God does not want us to be ignorant of the enemy's plans. And so these are just a few, you know, hey, I'm giving you uh, some information about how the enemy attacks all of us who are committed to prayer meetings or want to be committed to prayer meetings. This is, this is some of his, his tactics. And again, he's very experienced. He's really good at them. So we got to lean into the Lord. All right, well, um, last page, page nine, our response to the Lord. And uh, worship leader, you can head up here. Our response to the Lord. Um, I just want us to value, I just want us to appreciate this room. I just hope that this message, again, is mostly stuff most of us know already. But I just, I just want us to, like, sign up again and, like, really, when we're in this room, let's be offering the Lord our best. Um, this passage in, in Malachi 1 is just another one to me that's just so, so incredibly painful. Um, I'll just read it. <clears throat> when you offer blind animals, this is the Lord talking. He says, when you offer blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice lame or deceased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering that to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept your offering, says the Lord? And then the Lord gets intense. He says, I would rather have you guys shut the temple doors because you're offering me these lame sacrifices. I'd rather shut, you shut the temple doors so that you would not light useless fires on my altar. I'm not pleased with you. And so super intense. We're not doing that at the prayer room, but this verse is a, is a charge to don't just offer God your leftovers. Don't just offer him. Don't be, let's not be careless in this room. Let's not be distracted. Let's, let's not just, just be on prayer meetings and be lackadaisical and distracted. Like we're all going to struggle with that, but let's, let's catch ourselves. Let's reach. Let's, you know, the very next passage after this one is the Malachi 1.11. His name will be great in every place. Pure offering will be offered in every place. And I want this house to give the Lord pure offerings. I want us, our hearts to be in it, not just that we have 20 hours a day and we're going, woohoo, go us. I want us to keep it sacred. And then finally, um, I'll just end with this. When the Lord gave Brad the, the call to the prayer room, he said, start a daily prayer meeting tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. and don't stop until I come back. So we have, we have not yet completed the mission. We got lots of lots of long, hard work journey ahead of us until I come back. That, that hasn't happened yet. And so we're right in the middle of, I think we're, 
we're doing good. We're, we're taking the charge. We're being faithful. But, like, I just want to encourage us all the more. Like, let's keep running. We, we got the, the hardest leg of the journey ahead of us still. The most glorious, but the hardest leg ahead of us. And so let's just set our hearts to offer him pure offerings, to give him more of ourselves in this room. This concludes this teaching from the prayer room. For more resources, please visit our website at tprdfw.com. Thank you.